Will you please pray with me? Holy One, may these be your words. And if they are not, may your clever people hear in them what you would have them hear. Amen. This weekend, some friends and family began a new year. Sundown on Friday marked the start of Rosh Hashanah, the first of 10 days of reflection and repentance that culminate in Yom Kippur one week from today. Amid these high holy days in the Jewish tradition, akin to the solemnity of our Christian Tridium, it feels ironic that our gospel reading from Matthew confronts us with that notorious parable of Jesus from which comes the classic catchphrase, the first will be last, and the last will be first. That word, notorious, cannot help but summon the legacy of one who embodied grit and grace in equal measure. An iconic giant of American jurisprudence, some have said, known for the gravitas of her dissenting lace collar. The second female appointed to the highest court in this land, not to name her today would be unimaginable. The Honorable Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Aleha HaShalom, may she rest in peace, is a name undoubtedly written in the Book of Life. Though we could debate whether the nickname that she came to wear with pride, Notorious RBG, we could debate whether that nickname made it into that eternal inscription. Described by many as a dainty, demure firebrand, the unforgettable Ginsburg flourished in the face of adversity, even through her final earthly years. She relentlessly championed justice and equality under the law for all, especially those who previously had not enjoyed such provisions and protections. Justice Ginsburg often is remembered for her contributions to landmark achievements, paving the way for fair pay for women workers, for example, or reaffirming the constitutionality of protecting voter rights in this nation, and even extending marriage privileges to the LGBT community. But another case in Ginsburg monumental track record affords us a useful lens for grappling with today's gospel. Epic Systems Corporation versus Lewis, a worker rights case that came before the Supreme Court in 2018, is one of the cases in which Justice Ginsburg wrote the dissenting opinion. I imagine her five-foot shadow looming offstage of our encounter with the laborers in Jesus' parable this morning. Ginsburg urging us to attend carefully to the details of this case. The decision, of course, in Epic Systems Corp. versus Lewis, in which Ginsburg and her fellow dissenting justices were in the minority, that ruling upheld that labor contracts compelling worker grievances to be resolved via individual arbitration without any other collective options for seeking redress. It may come as no surprise 
that Ginsburg thought this outcome egregiously wrong. Historical imbalance of power existed, Ginsburg explained, in prevailing economic conditions of the late 19th and 20th centuries. Such realities essentially strong-armed workers to take up employment on whatever terms were dictated by potential employers. Gradually, as employees worked in concert for their mutual benefit, employers began pushing back. Tactics like the yellow dog contract prohibited workers from joining unions as a condition of employment and even required them to refrain from any associative activities in seeking to address labor grievances. The take-it-or-leave-it arbitration clauses effectively left workers on shakier footing than federal labor laws that had subsequently sought to remedy these circumstances had intended. Such a contract dispute may not be what we see underpinning the exchange between workers and landowner in Jesus' parable this morning, but there are grievances aplenty in that manager's office come payday. It's safe to say the workers are seeing green from the last few to arrive on site whose eyes widen in joyful wonder at their good luck to the earliest workers who collect last, grumbling at the disparity of their deserts. Such dissent as they marshal makes clear they feel entitled to a higher payout. They're envious, as the landowner himself calls out, envious at generosity dealt to those latecomers. Hadn't they, the first, been the ones to bear the brunt of the work? Surely their sweat equity is not to be scorned. Yet those who worked only one hour are paid the very same sum. This unprecedented move on the part of their employer evokes vehement objection. You have made them equal to us. That equal sign is such a telltale symbol on which truth often hinges regardless of whether we're talking about human or mathematical relationships. And here is where the kingdom comes crashing in. Scholar Walter Brueggemann reminds us that scripture is never neutral. This story about the kingdom of heaven indeed makes the case for a relational reality that affirms the equality God intends here and now. Equality that translates to equity, including equal access to employment and wages. Equity that reshapes social outcomes. This is what we see in the vineyard owner's decision to give certain workers an economic boost, regardless of the number of hours that they worked. Like so many of Jesus' parables, aiming to bring the kingdom of life, to the kingdom of heaven to life for his followers, this story puzzles us. Because equity in the kingdom of heaven does not always feel like a fair shake. For God, equity 
indeed involves rebalancing human systems of power, status, and influence. The Green Lining Institute's definition of equity makes this a little bit more concrete. Quote, equity refers to resources and the need to provide additional or alternative resources so that all groups can reach comparable, favorable outcomes. Our own society's inequalities of outcome are especially revealed in the disparity of resources in this nation from workforces and supply chains to availability of essential resources for wealth building like healthcare or mortgages. Communities of color in our country have suffered the greatest levels of inequality in resources and outcomes, both in the past and in the present. The Aspen Institute's 2019 Roundtable on Community Change notes how pursuing this kind of equity in society demands that we pay attention, not just to individual level discrimination, but to overall social outcomes. At the end of the day, Jesus' vineyard parable shows us practically what paying attention means as God addresses inequities in order to shift such outcomes in the world of the story just as surely in, as in our own. What's at stake here extends far deeper than the wage dispute of the inter in the discourse between laborers and landlords. Jesus is attending to the state of our hearts, challenging us to choose whether we will embrace or resist the equity, inclusion, and diversity that characterize the reign of God. Not unlike us, the vineyard workers want to be valued for what they each bring to the enterprise. Like us, some of them also feel disoriented and disappointed by changes they witness unfolding, changes that dismantle privilege, power, and status that some individuals and groups long had enjoyed. Those first paid may have felt straight out fortunate to work when others could not. Perhaps they made a beeline to pay that windfall forward. I can just imagine their gratitude fueling compassionate action, addressing the needs of the most vulnerable in their communities, especially those touched by the shadows of natural disaster, illness, and death. It would be a stretch to say those disgruntled vineyard workers worried about the less resourced and more precariously positioned, unless worry looks like perceiving the others as potential threat. A more generous hermeneutic, though, leaves me hoping that even their personal transformation was coming. It just took a little longer. Like all the workers, in this parable, we know the meaning of a billable hour. Time is money, after all. And day by day, we leverage carefully those resources that we are entrusted to preserve and to utilize as we maximize opportunities in our spheres of influence. 
paying attention to the collaborative orbit God draws us into alongside proximate fellow laborers, this is what the vineyard of the Lord invites us to embark upon. Monetizing diverse assets to serve the greater good in our day. As today's parable illustrates, that final payday for which we all await is likely to upend our expectations. The virtues of the vineyard could always be debated or defied, but the kingdom of heaven is coming. With clockwork precision, we see the landowner's rhythms going out again and again and again as he does in this story. For God does not falter in structuring abundant, maybe even infinite, on-ramps for all of us. Whether we decide to be among those who enter the vineyard at daybreak or barely make it before the workday concludes, we are all invited to contribute sweat equity. I've heard folks joke that an eternal God has nothing but time but that we, alas, have but one short life to live. Like the legendary and yes, even notorious RBG, may we too spend every awesome minute we are granted from the first to the very last, paving pathways of justice and equality and dissenting vehemently to every priority but God's the one who comes to bring equity, diversity, and inclusion to us all, especially all who have not yet tasted the kingdom's fruits. Amen.